Good afternoon, patriots. Actually, it's good evening. Man, it's Sunday. Day's gone right by, and I'm sitting here saying good afternoon. Good evening, patriots. How's that? It's July 3rd, Sunday. And for those of you on the East Coast, you have already hit 4th of July, which is actually pretty cool because you're over there enjoying the official date of our nation's birthday. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and a whole bunch more tonight. Before we begin, MyPillow.com, and you know they've got the best sleep products around. They are the place to go for all your best sleep needs, everything you're going to need. And you're going to get everything you need, like great pillows and sheets, and you're going to get all that with a Bard's Code. But I want to draw your attention to the Omen Collection, which is if you go to the Bard's Nations page, which is MyPillow.com forward slash Bard's, and you scroll down about, I don't know, about halfway through the page, and you're going to see a little green square box that says the Omen Collection. And the Omen Collection is the Omen Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitution said it's a high-definition lithographic reprints of Theodore Omen's original masterpiece, which he first printed in 1942, which was the Declaration of Independence, and 1953, the U.S. Constitution. Now, these are each set of these includes four lithographic prints. You get one large each of the Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitution, and one small each of the Omen Declaration and the U.S. Constitution. And these are, these are lithographs of the original. They're really amazing. And they're on sale with your promo code. So you can, they're normally $99.90 for the set of four, but they're on sale right now for $69.93. Patriots, these are an awesome collection. This is something you want on your wall. And in this time when we're so 
focused on resetting our nation. I can't think of a more important thing next to the Bible to have in your home. So if you have you have your scripture, your Bible, every house needs to have a Bible, not a digital Bible, but a hard Bible. And hopefully you've got the Founders Bible, which there again, if you used if you go to Founders Bible, the foundersbible.com, you can use your promo code there and get great discounts, which is Bards. But here, if you go over here, you can get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and Declaration of Independence, which should be on every person's home, should be a copy of that. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, all sorts of amazing sales there, obviously, with mattresses and mattress toppers and all the normal stuff. But this is special, and it's right there on the Bards Nation's landing page. Just scroll down and click on Omen Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitution set and you cannot go wrong. Probably the best $69.93 you've ever spent. And yes, I've ordered one. So there you go. Okay, Patriots. So a couple of things I want to kind of hit on. And I'm going to start with this comment. Mike Pompeo gave a talk at the Hudson Institute. And, you know, we've had this thing since the beginning of like, oh, He's done some good talks to the governors and he's done some good things. But here's the part that stuns me in this speech. He actually is justifying the war of Ukraine. And this goes back to what I've said many times is we're in this war and in this fight, which is the same problem we had at the beginning of our nation. And people, the idea was we needed to be a nation, not an expansionist nation. And states Needed to, we needed to worry about what was in our borders but have a strong defense. That was re- literally part of the Federalist Papers, which is talking about the need for a federal organized militia because we needed to protect our boundaries. But it wasn't designed. Our nation was not supposed to be an expeditionary nation. So Pompeo is giving this speech today, and you can find this article on Zero Hedge. It was published actually yesterday. July 2nd, and it's called, the title is Mike, Mike Pompeo's Revealing Hudson Institute speech, speech. And so I want to read you the kind of the introduction here. Former CIA Director and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo gave a speech at the Hudson Institute last week that's probably worth taking a look at just because of how much it reveals about the nature of the U.S. empire and the corrupt institutions which influence its policies. It goes on to say, Pompeo is serving as a distinguished fellow, in quotations, at the Hudson Institute while he waits for the revolving door of the D.C. swamp to rotate him back into a federal position. Hudson, the Hudson Institute is a neoconservative think tank which has a high degree of overlap with the infamous Project for the New American Century. If you're not familiar with that, that was Dick Cheney's model. And I and others, Bush was part of that too, and its lineup of Iraq war architects and spends a lot of its time manufacturing beltway support for hawkish agendas against Iran. So these are just warmongers again, looking to get us into war so they can generate all sorts of need to use to build a defense budget. It was founded in 1961 with the help of the cold warrior named Herman Kahn, whose enthusiastic support for the idea that the U.S. can win a nuclear war with the Soviet Union was reportedly an inspiration for the movie Dr. Strangelove. (laughs) If you haven't seen that film, there's one to see. I'm telling you. 
Okay, but this is the best quote right here, and this is what I wanted to, what I was getting to. Now listen to this. A think tank, now remember the Hudson Institute is a think tank. A think tank is an institution where academics are paid by the worst people in the world to come up with explanations for why it would be good and smart to do something evil and stupid, which are then pitched at key points of influence in the media and the government. Think tank is a good and accurate label for those institutions because they are dedicated to controlling what people think and because they are artificial enclosures for slimy creatures. <laughs> so probably one of the best articles today, quite frankly. But there's another piece that popped up yesterday as well on Zero Hedge that's really worth noting, and it's titled The Most Valuable Form of Money Nobody's Seen, and then it adds yet. And the first it opens up with what is money, and then it says money is a claim on the essentials of life. Ration cards are claims on essentials. And so it has this picture up here on top of ration cards, which is important because this is what we're hearing is coming. And it goes on, many people expect money will soon be tied to commodities. And then it says, agreed, it's called a ration card that grants the holder the right to buy a specific quantity of essential goods at specified price. This right is a form of money directly tied to the value of commodities. Ration cards are the only fair way to distribute essentials in times of chronic scarcity. Markets work fine when there's a substitute for whatever is scarce, but there is no substitute for electricity, food, fuel, or fresh water, the few essentials, food, energy, and water. Leaving the distribution of scarce and non-substitutes essentials up to the market leads to the rich eating very well indeed and the poor going hungry. This leads to a little thing called the overthrow of the failed status quo and the destruction of a good chunk of its ruling class. So, essentially what you're starting to hear, when this starts to show up, we're obviously, there is an awareness of scarcity, of the manufactured scarcity that they're bringing. And I've already heard that the ration cards are ready to roll. Probably a digital ration, ration card is what it'll be. And there's a lot of discussion as to why certain chains like Kroger are expanding their food sections, my general feeling is they are going to be designated as food distribution places. I could be wrong on this, okay? But this is my theory is why we are seeing a massive, even in my town, which Kroger owns a chain called Fred Meyer, which is a Northwest chain. And they have now brought in, I think, 25 Conex boxes of building materials to redo the floors and put in about a third more space for food. So the question is, why would you be doing that in a time when we have supposed scarcity, increasing inflation, increasing food costs? My guess is they're preparing for what will be the rationing system. And there's no better way to force people into digital money than to force them into a crisis where they're going to have to be dependent on the stores to buy their basic needs. We, they're, remember, they're looking at us like cattle. They're just and cattle and hunters at the same time. They are the hunters. They don't look at us like hunters. They are the hunters. They are herding us like cattle. And they're trying to force people into the corral of the new world order. And in so doing, to force that compliance, they need to get people accustomed 
to being dependent on what the government will ration out in a, quote, fair and equitable manner. That is the attack on the rich again, which you know, it doesn't matter if they have ration cards or not, it's simply a smoke and mirrors. And the smoke and mirrors is simply to make it sound like, well, we're making sure that everybody's going to get their fair share, which is complete garbage because the wealthy are never going to play by the same rules. But it's an, it is a backdoor way of redistribution of wealth and forcing people into a socialist economy and dependency on the government, which is the corporate state is what it is. It's, it's the corporate-private partnership of corporatocracy to where people become accustomed to getting their, their little rations. And that'll start out as being an aspect of good, and then they'll roll in a, quote, new economy, which will be all based on your social credit score and likely then set you up to say, well, now I'm sorry, Mr. Jones or Mr. Mrs. Smith, but you did have an allotment of five pounds of sugar for the month, but that's been reduced because we just noticed that you've been saying some very bad things on social media and that's not appropriate anymore. So we're going to have to reduce your ration to one pound of sugar and that will go on and on. You, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones or Mr. Smith, uh, you can no longer have that allotment of five pounds of beef. We've determined that you're eating too much protein and so we need to sh- you need to distribute that to others who are in greater need. You're going to have to go without protein this month. But by the way, we do have a substitute for you. It's cricket bread. Hope you enjoy it. So this is literally, in my opinion, what we're starting to see. That When you start to see it popping up in articles, this is the concept of getting people conditioned and prepared for the next step, okay, which is to get us ready. Now, we have to keep in mind, again, these critical times, and this is back to our Declaration of Independence, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now, while I'm on this topic, meaning the Declaration of Independence, I'm going to make a little deviation here because it's something I wanted to mention because I've, I've said it, but I don't think that it's being heard right. So let me, and if it, and if I, and if I was misunderstood, I apologize up front because here's the thing. I've made some pretty strong statements about the British government, which I hold to the British government led a pretty, a very brutal attack on the colonies. And there were a lot of complicit agents. And in our declaration of independence, calls that out, the fact that there were pleas made to the British kindred and to help them support each other. So I want to read that and I want to clarify what I was saying. And it says here, this is the second to last paragraph in the Declaration of Independence, nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them up, conjured them by ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, 
which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice and justice of and of consanguinity. We have therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and peace and friends. Patriots, that's an important part of our history, but it's also an important lesson now. So I, I bring this up because there was a there was a very wonderful email sent to me, but somebody who was apologizing for their ancestors. Don't apologize. We all have trash in our history. All of us. Our country here, the United States, man, you want to talk about despicable. How about uh, WMDs in Iraq and how many dead children followed on that one? Okay. So I don't say these things to ask another country or a country member to apologize. That's not the reason I'm saying it. My point was of my conversation when I mentioned, I've mentioned this many times before, the British government, which is the corporation that runs the UK, is as dirty then as it was now, and they've only made a dirty partner in the corporation of the United States to do more of their bidding. And yes, MI6, the British government, the Crown, have been actively involved in overthrowing the people of the United States election system, but that also means that they're doing the same garbage in the UK. So, as I said last night, and I'm stressing this, I love our British patriots. I love them. I've worked with the British. I love them. We're common souls, just like Canadians. We're common souls. Our governments suck. Okay, and that's not just limited to the three countries there. I mean, across the world, we have governments that just are invaded, infected, and turned into despicable organizations, which are little more than tyrannies in disguise. So please don't apologize. We don't, we all have a lot of burden to carry with one another, but as people, we have been many, we have been misled to certain degrees, and we've all been part of a system that in itself has used us to fight one another and destroy one another. The beauty of that is <laughs> we know the truth. So what we need to put our emphasis on is building bridges with one another and working together to elevate truth to topple these dirtbags. Very simple. So you know who you are when I mentioned the email. Thank you for the email. It's very kind. But I don't ask for an apology because it's not your fault that your government did stupid things. And, and I can't control my our government here any more than, you know, Americans can't control their idiocy here. We can't control the hand puppetry of Joe Biden or the nasty things that the CIA does any more than Canadians can control the, that birth defect that came from Castro called little Trudeau, you know, I mean, that's, that's where we are. So we are in a united fight around the globe as patriots. You know, I've mentioned, I mean, I reach out to Canada because, or not to Canada, thank you, Canada, because by the way, you're the second biggest audience group in the world, and it's fantastic, and thank you, UK, because you're typically the third, and thank you, Australia, because you're right up there on top, but this podcast is heard all over the world. We're, we're represented in 120 different countries, and we don't, <clears throat> we don't need to be throwing stones at one another because I'm American or you're British or 
I'm throwing stones at governments. Be clear about that. You know, and the LGBT groomers, that's universal. That You're not getting away from that. I don't care what country you live in. And pedophiles. And sold-out pulpits. I don't care what country you're in. You're still getting hammered. But the patriots, I mean, this is a, we're of a common, common kindred. And, you know, we've got, amazingly, we've got two flags flying, Bards FM flags flying in the UK right now. That's awesome. And we've got a new flag going to be kicking up in Chile. These are Bards outposts, man. All right, people, let's round it up. Let's get those flags up. Hey, and another quick note, too. Uh, there's been some complaints about the website, or concerns, not complaints, but concerns, because you're getting flagged when you go to the website if you have a decent browser, and it's telling you that it's the HTTPS is the secure part of it isn't working. And that's what happened and really apologized. That slipped. Our um, We ended up, our SSL certificate, uh, expired. And so it's been renewed and it might take us 48 hours before it gets into the system, but no worries. The site has not been hacked and you're not being deflected to some ghost site. It's just at the SSL certificate, but thank you very much for bringing it to my attention. And I really appreciate that. So it's all been handled. It's just getting fixed and it'll be better here very soon. Okay. So we want to continue on here it, just some really important perspectives because we have to work really hard right now at building unity in the midst of a group of people that are devious and evil that want to keep us divided. But that also means we have to hit some harsh truths because there's a line here that I talk so often that we just cannot cross, right? So let's start with this, which is Dr. Bernard Nasenson. I think I said his name right. I didn't even know who this guy was. But listen to this. And man, this place needs to be played to every my body, my choice lunatic out there. Take a listen. I am Dr. Bernard N. Nasenson, formerly the director of the largest abortion clinic in the Western world. And I am the last surviving founding member of NARAL a pro-abortion organization which brought legal abortion to the entire United States. I am personally responsible for over 75,000 abortions. We founded NARAL in the late 1960s with our purpose to export our pro-abortion mentality everywhere. To achieve that end, we adopted the strategy to deny what we knew to be true, that abortion kills an existing, living human being. We denied that fact in an effort to mislead the American public and the courts of this land. This was the greatest mistake of my life, and legal abortion was the greatest mistake this nation has ever conceived. I think we call that a boom. Like, isn't that what it is? Boom, something like that, right? Yeah, like that's dead on. And so all they have done is they've manipulated the language, convinced a bunch of people that trust the science, which is just a cult. And in so doing, they've used them as a weapon against God's children. So this is a really interesting piece here in perspective, I'm sorry, here, because this is where we have to look at this in a little bigger fashion. 
will God punish those who have been misled? And the answer is that's the critical piece of repentance. And it also doesn't mean that God's just going to sweep in with wrath and burn it all down. Because there has to be a, an understanding. I think we all, and okay, so I'm going to put myself on the top of this list because I can lose patience on some of this stupid as much as anybody. But I also think, you know, when I, when I reflect on things, it's, it is also a reminder I get sometimes a pretty good rebuke. It's like, uh, yes, and you may like to take up the sword, but I'm God and you're not. And I want my children home. So buck up and start acting like my disciple. I'm like, all right, Lord, gotcha. <laughs> and, so, and he's down for the count. So the, the whole piece is, is that we need to really pay attention to the things that are being said and the unraveling that's happened. I, I looked at a, a very interesting video today of a, of a guy that, well, two of them. One is he's walking around New York City and he's asking everybody about my body, my choice. And, of course, they're out here. It's like they're all for the, you know, against Roe versus Wade. And he's like, you know, do you, are, you, uh, are you against, uh, are, are you for my body, my choice? Oh, yes. He's like, okay. Are you, are you for vaccine mandates? And that one question, you can just see like the puzzle palace start to unravel in their head. But that's how it works. And that's what's happening right now. And as I've talked about, we're going through this five steps of loss. If you've never worked around anything like a cult, cult deprogramming, and I've had a little bit of touch with that, let me tell you, it's pretty intense work, like mega intense. Because the person that's in the cult is so locked into the belief system that's surrounded by their handlers that there's so many pieces in that puzzle that keeps them in line. One of them is their social network. So if if they step out of the alignment of thinking, they lose their entire social network. And when they lack a relationship, a true and intimate relationship with Jesus, that free fall is more than most can handle. The Maranthas, when I was going to college, were notorious for this sort of garbage. Man, they would recruit people in and they'd create. It was almost like watching Scientology work today. And so when a person stepped out of the thinking or rejected it and then they were kicked out of the cult, not only was the cult brutal and, and very attacking to them, but then they all their ties and everything that they knew, their opportunities for jobs in that circle are severed almost immediately. That's the way the left works. You're seeing the cancel culture do that. And part of the reason the cancel culture does that is to demonstrate to its own members, this is what shall become of you if you so step out of line from us. And so it creates an obedience to the cult. And it's such an important principle. Our founding fathers were not immune to this or were not unaware of this. And they also had no trust in media because they knew media was an agent of propaganda and they were subject to the same sort of excoriation by the by the people when they stood out and led this country 
into a position of declaring independence from England. There were many, many people that were loyalists within the colonies. And it was, again, we go back to that 3% term, which we now know them as the 3%ers, but that came from the fact it was basically 3% of the colonies that led the operation to break us from the bonds of England. You had the loyalists and you had a bunch of people in the middle. Today, we're in a very similar fashion. We're just breaking from this cult that has been managed to seize power and has been instrumentally trying to degrade this system through their infiltration. And in the process of this awakening, there's many truths that are coming out. And so we go back to this five steps of grief. The first step is anger. So when you start to see people challenged with the truth, their reaction is going to be angry. There was another woman that was kicked out of a restaurant. And I believe, I want to say it was in D.C., but I can't say that for a fact. And they were kicked out of a restaurant that had all over the outside of their wall, of their door, it was like Black Lives Matter and, you know, no racism here. And you must have a Vax ID to eat here. Now, my question is very simple. Why go into an environment like that unless you're looking for trouble or to create a drama? She was like, I can't believe I was like t- kicked out of this restaurant. Well, of course you're kicked out of the restaurant. You're unvaxxed and you're white and you are, you're not pro-Black Lives Matter. So if you're trying to make a point, I get it. But what's more important is the, the manager came out and she asked this. She's like, she was very polite, actually. And she says, okay, um, I'm not trying to be hostile, but I want to ask you why you're pushing for vax mandates when even the CDC says it doesn't work. Now, that was a very impressive question for this moment because if you watch the eyes of the manager, it's like, again, the puzzle palace starts to click around and go crazy because she's ha- she doesn't even know what to say. And then it's just come back, well, it doesn't matter because we're following what needs to be done to protect our clients. It's a default. But this is the first step. This is literally the first step in the awakening. And we have to see these truths in order for people to start to let their minds work and the subconscious in them. And for the first time, the groups that have been isolated in from the cult has isolated them from the main body of the discussion which has been everything from vax mandates to abortion to many of other things are being confronted in a mass tidal wave of truth. And the recoil of that for anybody challenged when your entire belief system faces assault is to recoil and reject it. Now that should be a lesson for all of us. All right. And I talk so often about the importance of anchoring on the rock of faith, but I'm very serious about this on a bigger level. I don't know what it is, meaning I don't know what it's going to be, I should say. But every single one of us, no matter how much we think we are awake, we are not awake yet because we haven't seen the full picture. And I will guarantee you, before this is over, not one person is going to be able to face this without being shaken to their core. And if you're, so I'll just give you an example. And I'm, so just hear me on this and don't like, oh, Bards is going crazy. I'm not, but I just want to give you an example. Let's just say that you get some aliens that land, all right? Or that you suddenly discover there's a bunch of lizard heads literally running this government as they take off their masks. Does that fundamentally change anything in our relationship to God? The answer is absolutely not. 
But the problem is that there's people that have become so entrenched in a rigidity of their faith, they're no different than those on the left that are entrenched in the belief that it's like right to kill a child. God gave us a mind and a relationship that allows us to face anything and to face it fearlessly because our relationship with him never changes. That's the most profound piece. And if someone says to me, all right, Bart, as I want an absolute testimony, do you think aliens exist? I have no clue, but I know this. There's a whole bunch of space out there for God to have done his duty, and I don't know what happens out there, but I know that we're his special children, and that's all that matters to me. And just to address the other one, do you think there's lizard heads? Look at Nancy Pelosi and tell me that's not a lizard head. Well, you know, what can I say? (laughs) Speaks for itself right there. Testimony right there. So we have to be solid in our faith and not rigid. When I say solid, I mean that. You're confident in the faith. Because, you know, look, we know that we're on the rock of faith. Let the world fall around us. I have no idea what's behind this big facade we're living in. What I do know is if it's lizard heads, it's open season. I've told you that before. And if you don't like lizard meat, I don't blame you because I don't think it's any good. But nonetheless, I don't think there's a hunting tag legal for those but or even available. But I think it's open season the minute they show their head. So anyway, that's part of, I think what, this is my opinion. What God is offering us is an amazing opportunity to be that counsel for those, to be respective. That was the great interaction today because this woman was very respectful. But, and she didn't, I think she pushed a little bit too much, but it's irrelevant. She didn't get hostile. And she left the manager with a seed, sowing a seed of something now that her she's going to have to work through. And that's getting to be more and more important as we go here because our objective isn't to keep divided. Our objective is to try to unite as many, but there's always going to be those on the outside we just can't get to. Like crazy things like this from Matt Walsh. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently posted a comment from an Instagram follower and the Instagram follower said to her, Glad your mom didn't abort you. And she responded, thank you. I feel blessed that I was a wanted and welcomed baby and that my mom wasn't forced to birth a child against her will. Wanted and welcomed. She makes this stipulation because according to AOC, some babies are not welcomed. They are unwelcomed guests to human existence and should therefore be decapitated or dismembered and then tossed into a dumpster and forgotten. Not welcomed. Imagine saying that. Imagine actually writing that about a baby. Is it any surprise that people who feel this way about human life, about children in particular, would also be so enthusiastic about castrating, sterilizing, corrupting, and sexualizing kids? After all, if they can't destroy the child individually and personally, then they can always settle for destroying childhood Overall, the message from the left, the message from the leftist to the child is basically this. You exist for me. If I don't want you to exist, then I will kill you. If I allow you to exist, then I can do what I want with and to you. You are not a person with your own dignity and value. You are a pawn and a puppet. You're an accessory at best, a blank canvas for me to paint whatever I want on top of. You are clay for me to mold and sculpt into whatever hideous shape I prefer. 
All of this stems from what we heard a minute ago from Dr. Bernard Nasenson, which is the central belief that there, that a fetus is not a human. And they literally believe this. They think that getting a shot, mandating injections is good for the common good, but aborting a fetus means it is not, you're not aborting anything alive. If there's any one thing that's going to be continue to be in their face, it's going to be very difficult, if not traumatic, is that their entire belief system based around my choice was not only a manipulation, but we haven't even got to the deeper truths of this yet which is it created a mass industry of trafficking body parts and fetal cells and was a corporatized process of ritualistic sacrifice for Moloch. Those truths they're not even close to yet, but they're coming. And I guarantee you, I absolutely guarantee you one truth that's going to hit the Christian community that's going to rock it to the very core as we come to realize how many churches were involved in one way or another of facilitating or aiding and abetting in child sex trafficking, and worse, pedophilia. That should be absolutely clear to everybody right now, but the problem is people don't want to look. And I don't even know how dark it gets from there. You're going to discover how many pastors are actually gay. And they're closet gay. But there's a lot of them. So these truths as they unravel, and I, and I bring this up because, look, I can't stand this blindness of the left. Drives me crazy. Okay? And I'm harsh on it, and I will be. But I'm equally harsh on just blind thinking. And it's something that we have to be, aware of even in ourselves because when we get locked into certain paradigms and we're holding there we're vulnerable for the same and again it's like you know if we point a finger at one person there's usually two pointing back at us so that said they're still stupid but that's okay i'll talk to god about that later but anyway we have a lot of challenges ahead of us and Part of us reclaiming this country in the principles of the Declaration of Independence is that we have to understand that what our founding fathers did intend, which is so important, which is we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pathway to getting this country back on track, the pathway to getting this country to understand our place and our mission is going to have to be a pathway where we are humbled before God. To be humbled before God, that means there has to be truth that will ultimately humble us all and force us to look within ourselves and what we've been part of and supporting. Can you imagine 100 years from now, as I expect we will be successful in this, how this, that future generations will look back at our time and even us before we got to the point of open societal awakening and ask the question, how the hell could a society have been so stupid? How could they have allowed a government to wage war and willfully launch themselves into these wars under the banner of patriotism when it was all about 
maintaining the dollar for the big corporate bankers. How in the hell could a society have embraced the idea that a human was not real at birth and instead slaughtered 55 million children in the process, unborn? How did a society exist for so long with children disappearing every year and not become enraged and ask and demand the answers when the whole time the system of government was organized to abduct children and take them away and families that lost children were just cast aside and silent voices? How was that allowed? How did people accept that? How did a society live in such a time when thousands of people lived on the street, homeless, and they walked by them every day and ignored them and did nothing or considered them just to be a failed class of people. Patriots, we have some hard truths as a nation that we're going to have to face. And it's going to be difficult, but it's important because that's part of us growing as God's children and growing as our realization that we're actually one body. Our division has all been instrumented by these people in power, and they've done so with such skill. Take a listen to this. The world up until this point was based on freedom. How they advertised you to be a good slave was they would give you some freedom. And when I say slave, I use that word particularly because a slave used to work his ass off and he would get food and a house in return. And 99% of people out here, my friend, are working their asses off. They can buy food and a house. That's it. Most people are still slaves. They would tell you, you're going to be a slave, but you'll be free at least. You know, you can you can do what you want. You can think what you want. You can say what you want. You can walk around outside, look at the trees. You're a slave, but you're free. Freedom, freedom, freedom. And what happened when they did this, something changed. The internet came. People start to talk. People start to think. People start to realize how money's made. People start to realize it's all a scam. Cryptocurrency was invented. Now you have Bitcoin, which is surpassing the global reserve currency. We don't need banks anymore. We don't need the IMF anymore. People are starting to talk. People have elected Trump, a man who's not bought and controlled by the establishment. People are starting to actually get their minds right. So the people in charge are like, oh, fuck, we're losing control. We no longer control the money. We no longer control who's in charge of each country. Oh, we've got to put an end to this. We can no longer base our societies on freedom. We must base our societies on safety. You can't think for yourself. We can't put these videos on YouTube because it's fake news and it's dangerous. You can't go outside because uh, the virus and it's dangerous. You can't travel in between countries without that injection because it's dangerous. This is no longer about freedom, my friends. This is about your safety. They're going to take all your freedom away and instead they're going to give you a nice big helping of safety. And you're going to take it and go, oh, at least I'm safe. You were safer before. You were safer before because now the government could arrest you for saying something you don't like. Because now you're spreading fake news. You were safer when you could have an opinion. And there we are. We've all been indoctrinated into a slave culture. And we're at a very critical time. We are at a point where people need to start returning to God. And there is a solid core of people here and across the world that have and are continuing to seek deeper and more intimate relationships. And that's beautiful. But we can't sit in our laurels because God needs as many, wants all of his children back. And he's not going to look kindly on us if we're like, yo, I did it. He's going to like, uh-huh. Well, what else? I, I got myself back to you, Lord. I'm good. Been sitting here on the couch waiting. Been just doing my dishes. I'm all good. 
What about your neighbor? Ah, never bothered. You see, we have an obligation. And we, we need to get into that place of really working because we're literally, there's an exodus happening here of spiritual nature to leave that control of the matrix. And we need to have as many with us as we can. And even if it's uncomfortable, my respect to those people right now that are out on the street asking the hard questions and taking the risk of having people jump at them in their face. Even more respect are those that are keeping a very level head when they do it as these people come at them hostily. And it's understandable because their cult nature, their cult relationship is being ripped and shredded around them. They're in Think about it like this. They have no relationship with the Lord. So when their cult disappears, where are they standing now? They're literally, their house is built on sand. And they've been told even worse that the place that they need to put their foot, which is the rock of faith. Oh, it's those damn Christians again, those radical, crazy thinkers that want to take away your rights and take away your choice, try to keep you from having medical care. You know, propaganda has been profound. But here's some good news, and this is rather stunning, and I'll tell you the real stunning part when you finish after this 51 seconds, but this is a good indication that the awakening is having huge impact, huge impact, and that there's greater and greater hope to breaking the control of the cult. Trusted name and news is now crumbling into the ground, with CNN recording a 90% decline in viewership in just one year. This was highlighted back in January. On January 3rd, 2021, CNN recorded 2.7 million viewers for the week. On January 3rd, 2022, this number was 548,000. And in this last week of June 20th, 2022, CNN recorded their lowest ratings in 22 years, averaging a tiny 56,000 viewers, causing CNN to lay off its CEO, Jeff Zucker. This is in conjunction with CNN's catastrophic failure with CNN Plus, a subscription model set to rival Netflix with over $300 million in funding, going on to gain only a measly 10,000 subscribers, causing the service to be shut down in just three weeks. It's clear to everyone that CNN is seeing its final days. And for most, this won't be a surprise. So this is what's incredible about that statement. Bards FM as a channel has 1.4 million downloads a month. That doesn't count people that just listen to the podcast without downloading it. Right now, where CNN is in their current statistics, we have 5.8 times, 5.8 times more viewers, more listeners than CNN. That's winning. And it's only going to get better. And that means that the institutions of control, CNN being a big one, is are, are starting to collapse in a huge way. We need to continue to share the sources that we trust with those that want to listen. And we need to prepare people because the sources that we trust, we have become accustomed to some very direct types type of conversations. We have been building cultures, whether it's Red Pill 78, whether it's this channel, whether it's Steve Bannon and others. There are discussions that are in your face, meaning there's accountability. We expect truth. We expect the harsh truth, even if it challenges us. And we don't always like it, but we've accepted the path 
of truth being the only way. And we may not always agree, but the one other thing that we've learned to do is we can agree to disagree and still coexist. The cult doesn't work that way. It's agree with me and us or you leave. It's black and white. So as people awaken and we direct them to sources, don't have the expectation that they're suddenly going to love what you offer them. In fact, it might make them angry. That's okay. What we have to continue to do is offer them sources where they can go to learn because the awakening is brutal. And coming out of a cult is for some literally on par with peeling their skin. And I'm not exaggerating in that metaphor. That's how deep it is for them. Patriots, as we close tonight, I want to read Esther 4.16. If you know the book of Esther, it's the 17th book in the Bible. And it's an amazing story of Esther who ultimately leads her people to standing up and taking control of their lives. As you, if you know the story, and just in simple terms, the king has taken away their ability to defend themselves, and it's been, he's been manipulated, and it's been set up so that the people of the kingdom can basically wipe out the Israelites. And it ends up being that Esther becomes their voice, and she ends up being the power to be able to give the edict back for them to ultimately defend themselves. But there's a very critical moment that happens in Esther 4.16. Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young woman will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, And if I perish, I perish. Patriots, I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow. But I am initiating and I'm letting you know if you want to join on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm going to be fasting in in this time. And I think that it's important that we make a commitment right now. We're at a very critical time. We need to unite and fasting is part of the process of us giving homage to God and, and connecting us with God. So I'm encouraging as many as want to or willing to on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week to fast. Following the celebration of the, of the weekend of independence and the, re, the reminder of all that went into setting up this nation and to humble ourselves before the Lord to seek forgiveness and repentance for our nation and above all mercy and equally the strength of the many to now stand at a critical time. I'll leave that for you. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, but it's worth remembering or at least considering. Let's pray. Father, come to you tonight and we're just very humbled for all that's been given and all you continue to guide us through. Father, we've, we are seeing the effects of some of the great decisions that were made this last two weeks. And the ripple effect across this nation is profound. We're starting to see the reset 
of life as a center point. We're starting to see the deeper reflections and what it is to be connected to you and to seek a relationship with you. Some people who still don't know you, but are at least seeking spirituality. And with all these times, we're also seeing those that are deep within the cult having to confront conflicts and hypocrisy. Father, we pray for these opportunities that we can engage in these moments without hostility, but to be able to engage with the temperance that you've given us, to guide us in the words that will at least challenge these that have walked so so far away from you, to start having to question this cult that they're in, this mindset that somehow life has no value, that somehow we need to be expunged from the planet because of some mythical science of climate change. We need to start seeing truth settle into hearts, and the only way that begins is when the matrix that they're in begins to crack and collapse. So, Father, we just pray for these opportunities to continue to be the disciples, to do so in a way that doesn't cause anger and lashing out more than would be expected, but instead forces the reflection within themselves to start lifting their eyes out of the matrix and asking the questions and seeking, ultimately, you. Guide us in these times, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And, and Patriots, another quick statement, because I saw a question here just a bit ago. Fasting is personal, okay? I, I do a fast of only water, okay? That's personal. Some people, and I, and I say fasting, you need to know what's good for your body. If you've never done it, do some reading on it. You can be careful, but fasting can be also be just giving up something for a couple of days. Maybe it's going to be coffee for three days. Oh, my goodness. Maybe it's giving up your donuts. Or maybe it's giving up something that is very that you normally do. Maybe it's shutting off the news for three days. So, I mean, obviously traditional fasting is no food, but there's many ways in which one can fast. And the biggest thing is to make the commitment to give up something for three days. I leave that to the individual because I usually get a lot of questions about how do you fast or should I do this or that. I, I'm not a medical doctor here. I can't advise and will not advise on that. But, the principle of fasting is to give up something of significance for a period of time. And, you know, you just, you have to be, you have to know your body if you're going to be doing reductions in food and so forth. That's, that's up to you. So that's, I just say that as a qualifier because I'm not a medical doctor. I don't wear a white coat and I don't play one on TV. Just so we're clear. So, Patriots. I hope you have a very blessed evening. I hope you have a wonderful tomorrow on fourth, on the 4th of July. We're going to be having our regular shows tomorrow, Bended Knee tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, Bards FM tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, and Fishers of Men, 9 p.m. Pacific. I will be focusing heavily on the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution tomorrow in Bards FM. So there you have it. Hope you have a blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. God is with us. He's, he'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. 
Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. Happy Fourth of July. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.